Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Tony Dunn. Ain't nothing to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions, only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers Podcast. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome back to the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com. It's Wednesday night. It's time for the beat check where we put our ear to the ground, trying to find out what's going uh, around town. I guess we check the beat. Cody Lashney this week. We got a great guest in Josh Klein from the Riot Report, and we've got some cool stuff to talk about. Before we get to our guest, though, we are so close to 100,000 YouTube views this month. I mean, we are 900 views away right now, I think is what it says. It kind of fluctuates because YouTube kind of projects everything. So it'll change. But we're right there, brother. We're right there. And we've been in the depths. We've been in the shallows. We've been in the the shallows. Actually, yeah, we've been. But we're getting it. But we got some cool stuff to talk about. You talk about. Nice seeing you again. Yeah, yeah. man. Listen, uh, you know we're uh, we're here with Josh. He's a longtime friend of the podcast. So, uh, happy to pick his brain once again. And Tony, you already know that we're going to do this with the best damn Panther fans and all of YouTube, man. Uh, D. Ill Skills, my man Panther Pickle, Sean Hume, the real AP, Tim Estes, Tim Tizzy, Tony Dunn. Let's check the beat on the C three B chat, brother. Uh, Josh Klein, the riot report. Welcome back. And I hope, um, actually I would say, I hope this, but I don't think you are getting any sleep. I feel like every time I see Um, you on Twitter, you're like, this sleep is for the birds. (laughs) Uh, I mean, I I feel like if you're going to go on Twitter, you got to complain about something. So, uh, that's kind of my, uh, that's, that's where it's at. You can't, you can't just, nobody goes on Twitter and is like, you know what? I had a really good, uh, cheese sandwich today everybody right. was like right. uh Delta, feeling refreshed my flight four- yeah my flight was 14 minutes late and the biscottis were shitty and yeah. uh and i hate everybody your daughter is a- uh what just over one now or are yeah, we in she's twos? 17 months old she's actually sleeping oh, yeah. pretty good but yeah 
So she's uh, she's sleeping pretty good, but she just, you know, every now and then she's up at like 4.45 in the morning. Yeah, I saw then, that tweet uh, the other day. One, the other day yeah, you said something to week. the effect of like, uh, hey, I never knew I'd be up this early or complain about. I was like, I feel like, man, there's people doing cocaine out there right now who are just like still awake. <laughs> yeah, they were still awake. <laughs> and you're like, I had already, hey. I had already taken a nap by the time it was 8 a.m and i had already taken a nap and was awake from a nap and it was 8 a.m yeah. i was like yeah you're working a, on I got nap. a lot of day left nap too yeah i've been there man i got three kids but mine thankfully mine are old or well not thankfully i miss those we all we love children you'll love it and before you know it you'll probably be having another one uh yeah, she's the best i'm very i'm very happy i'm certainly not complaining but um yeah it would be nice to sleep until like 9 a.m Oh yeah. Uh I imagine that is when sleeping in is nine AM. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Like that's uh welcome folks. Is people listening to this, welcome to adulthood. Um I will Yeah, be f- sorry to sorry to bring you down, YouTube audience. Yeah, yeah. Your <laughs> life is going to suck. You're gonna be you can't wait. All this uh talk about wanting to get a job and wanting to do this, screw that. It's for the birds. Um, all right, but you know what's also for the birds is the damn Panthers, man. Cut Lord, they tease us. They they rarely please us. But this week we are coming off a victory, an unexpected victory. Panthers, I think, were like, I don't know, like eight point. I mean, they were dog dogs against the Buccaneers, home dogs, and uh, just put put the working on them, man. And then now a bunch of stories are coming out, Josh, so – on the beat check, what we like to do is go through the latest headlines. And one of the ones that caught my eye that the riot report, I felt like was very early on the scene reporting and talking about was the offer to trade for Brian Burns. Today, it was announced that Robert Quinn was traded uh, from the Chicago Bears to the Philadelphia Eagles. We've been speculating about who this mystery team was that was offering these two first round picks for uh, Brian Burns that so- somehow the Carolina Panthers turned down. Cody and I are split on this. I don't know how the Panthers said no to two first round picks. It must have been futures and back in. I don't know. Tell us a little bit about the Brian Burns story. What you know about the offer or anything you got uh, about that that news. Sure. So, um, I think it had become, I mean, honestly, when you're a team like the Panthers, I mean, this is, this happened what a month ago. I mean, once they went one and three, once the season went off the rails, which is weird to think about that it was two or three weeks in, you knew that, (laughs) uh, um, (laughs) yeah, you knew that, you knew that, um, teams were going to call the, my favorite kind of reports are like teams are calling about, um, this, this guy. And it's like, well, that doesn't mean anything. Like, I, I can call the Tesla dealership, but they're not giving me a Tesla. Like it doesn't matter. I, d- I don't have the money for it. Um, so I, I get it. And I understand why the reports are one of the things I always like to think about, especially with these like national reporters um, like rap sheet and, and Schefter and all those guys is when they say like a source said this to me, it's like, I try to think back. I mean, we all have sources that, that we're hearing from, but like where, what, so what is that source? Like, even if you don't know exactly, but like, who does it, who does it behoove to have these things come out in the media? Does it help the Panthers to have it 
to have it come out that they're listening to offers for Christian McCaffrey and that they wouldn't trade him for anything less than a first round pick. Maybe. Does it help the Eagles to that, uh, that the, that teams are calling about Christian McCaffrey or like that? Does it help the bills that uh, Derek Brown is somebody that Pete, that teams around the league are interested in? Like it, it's all these things are, it's, it's such a huge chess game and so many things are, are leaked and, and happening on purpose that I always try to dive a little bit deeper. And ultimately with this Brian Burns thing, the main report that came out about the Brian Burns is like a lock to be traded was an Eagles reporter who said that. So does, does that Eagles reporter have sources inside the Panthers locker room? Does that Eagles reporter have sources inside the Panthers front office? Probably not, but you know who they probably have sources is with the Eagles. So that, that to me makes sense. And when I kind of texted around just to see, Hey, what's going on like this, you know, when people start throwing out, like it's a lock and I have like people tech, like friend, like friends of mine texting me and saying, Hey, Brian Burns is getting traded. And I'm like, Oh, that's weird. Like not like just like my college buddies are like, I heard Burns is gone. And so I texted people that I, that I know that are in the know. And they said, ridiculous, like, I don't know. I don't even remember what the exact quote was, but they said something like completely inaccurate or something like that. And, um, and then ultimately we come to find out that, yeah, I mean, people are offering a lot of stuff around the, around the league. Now, just to go back to like what I just said, like, does it help? Who does it help to have leaked that the Panthers turned down two first round picks? Right. For Brian Burke? That's what I was going to ask is did the Panthers leak that part? I, That's I who know, I would but, think uh, is like, is like, who does, I mean, it probably helps you if you're trying to negotiate with Brian Burns or, and when I say negotiate, try to keep him here. Um, you know, I mean, I don't know. It's like, I mean, why it, would help, it helps to make him the, help make him the highest paid defensive end in, in the league when he comes up for a contract Ooh. extension. That's what it definitely helps with. Wow. Okay. Cause if I'm, if I'm Brian Burns, agent, I'm saying, Hey bro, you, you wouldn't trade my guy for two first round picks. Cool. Well, now you need to pay him $22 million a year. Uh, before I turn the mic over to Cody, do you think they made a mistake? Um, I mean, I, I think it all depends, right? We don't know what the two first round picks are. We know that Brian Burns is a uh, is a we know that Brian Burns is a top ten player at a premium position. So maybe a top five player. I don't know. I haven't really done the math in my head, but like whatever. He's a, he's a very very good edge rusher, Defensive end, yeah. which is one of the top five premium positions that you need um, that you need to be successful. He's twenty four years old, so ultimately. Do you take two first round picks where you might be able to hit on another Brian Burns? Maybe, maybe we know, we know what the hit rate is in the first, first round hit rate is like less than 50%. It's like 48% that you have a bona fide, that you have a starter level, not even a stud, 48% that you have a starter in the first round. So it, it like, are you going to hit on one of those two guys? Is it going to be Brian Burns? He's going to be cheaper, but I don't know. This is, this is a team that, for the last three years, they thought that they were on the verge of contending, and they that was how they operated. But a guy like Brian Burns could be hitting his peak in three years when theoretically your 2023 rookie quarterback is um, ready to make that jump to the next level when Icky is still on his uh, – when you have a left tackle and a quarterback still on a rookie deal, 
it's not the worst thing in the world to be paying a bunch of money to an edge rusher. But we don't know. It's, it's hard to say exactly without knowing what those first round picks were, if they were actually first round picks and what what that looks like, you know? Yeah. So, Josh, today, um, Jeremy Fowler released a really damning report basically about the last two years inside the Carolina Panthers organization and their continuous failed attempts to lock up the quarterback position. And now there's talks of, you know, strife between different parts of the coaching staff and Matt Rule and Phil Snow. And then even David Tepper comes into this being angry at picking up the fifth-year contract on Darnold, which he was supposedly persuaded to do. As someone who closely follows this team, did you ever get any inklings of dissent inside the building? Like, what, did you ever hear any information that, you know, man, there's really a lot of strife uh, in the organization as far as who should actually be the quarterback for the Carolina Panthers? Um, yeah, short answer, yes. Uh, long answer okay. is it's complicated, right? I mean, I, I think that, um, yes, I think there was a lot of dissent. I think there were a lot of conflicting opinions. Um, but ultimately, I, I think that somebody lost their job because they, they made the wrong decisions at quarterback. That's, I mean, right. it, it happened within the past three weeks. Like, I, I, I mean, Matt Rule got fired because because of the Sam Darnold trade, because of the Teddy Bridgewater signing, because of the Baker Mayfield uh, trade, um, because of the decisions that were made. And I, I know a lot of people are like sad about Matt Stafford. I'm not sure Matt Stafford would have been the answer in Carolina. Certainly, if they'd have gone up and and traded traded up and drafted Justin Herbert, I think that Matt Rule is probably still the head coach today. And I think we're looking at a completely different Panthers team. But ultimately. That's not what happened. And I, I think there was some collaboration involved between Marty Herney and Matt Rule. Not even thick. I know there was. Um, but ultimately, it's like when people go out the door, they tend to get blamed because they're not here anymore to to uh, to, to, to hear about it, if that makes sense. So, like, Marty Herney yeah. gets fired. A lot of stuff that happened while he was here kind of goes on Marty Herney's plate. Matt Rule gets fired. A lot of stuff that happened while Matt Rule was here gets put on Matt Rule's plate. It's the way it goes. It's it's the way it works in any profession. You know, you're a bartender and you and you get fired. Somebody's gonna be like, "Yeah, man, that dude was pouring heavy. That's why we're short on Jack Daniels. Not because of me. I'm I've been pouring him light all night." Um, so like that. That's just kind of the way it goes. But yes, I think there was a lot of um. Strife, maybe not the right word, but there was some dissent inside the building. There were people that were, you know, that had differing opinions. Obviously, it's a football, it's a football team. But Matt Rule was a big believer in making sure that the boat was that everyone was rowing the boat in one direction. That was how he operated in high school. Um, I'm sorry, high school. That was how he operated when he was running Baylor, when he was running Temple, right. and when he brought it to he brought it to the pros because that was what he knew worked. You know, that was I mean. In his mind, that was his, that was the way it worked. And ultimately, uh, it, it didn't work at the pro, at the professional level. But in reality, the NFL is such a quarterback-driven league. We know this that if Justin Herbert is a Carolina Panther, I think we're looking at a whole different situation. They're certainly not in the position they are right now. Um. Uh, but ultimately, that that's not what happened. Like, I, it just 
you know, revisionist history and hypotheticals are great. And, and I think Matt Rule will be the first to tell you that he wishes that he had gone up and, and drafted Justin Herbert or that he certainly wishes that Justin Herbert had fallen to them at seven, uh, but, or at eight, I don't remember. I, it, it runs, runs all together now, but yeah, two went five chargers went six, uh, at Justin Herbert. And then we went seven, I believe with, uh, Derek Brown. Yeah, I feel like you're being Um, very forgiving of Matt. Yeah, so I mean, ultimately, I'm a big believer. I think we got some lag. A little lag. I feel like you're being very forgiving of Matt Rule here. I apologize. No, it's fine. It's fine. But uh, like, what I mean is this: is I don't know, man. I'm not just a quarterback guy. Is it just uh, a quarterback when it comes to Matt Rule, though? No, definitely not. I think that the you know the stuff that that the stuff that happens you know in the locker room during the Matt Rule era, there were signs taped that said "one and zero" above every trash can, all over the locker room. One and zero, one and zero, one and zero. He gets fired. They're not in the locker room anymore. They weren't there when he was there. Um, I mean, he his. His thing, his brand, the way of the Panther, all of that bullshit um, was 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 him, and he really did think it would work. And ultimately, it just didn't work at the at the professional level. I think he he operated this program. I think when you look at the guys that he brought in, especially players, certainly coaches, he operated in the way that he thought that it would be successful because it had been successful in the past. But ultimately, he. It wasn't. He thought that he could coach up guys and the stuff that works when you are in um, the stuff that works when you're at college, when you have lesser talented players, but you have them for three or four years, you coach them up, you coach them up, you coach them up and you win. That's just not the way the NFL works. And, you know, when guys that you're talking to, when you're telling telling to buy in and to say one and oh and to be one of you and have the Pepsi brand and all that other stuff when they're making just as much money as you and they're not 19 year old sophomores, it doesn't really resonate. And I I think ultimately that's what we ended up seeing. And they just didn't win. Like if, if they had won in year two, then then that stuff really matters. Well, you know, know, that's like Belichick can do all the Belichick stuff, but because he has the past, he has won. So he can do the, we're on to Miami. We're on, we're doing all this stuff. But, I mean, Matt Rule kind of prided himself and did a lot of stuff that he thought was Belichick-esque. But he didn't have the history or the um, or The, the, the record success. He didn't up. have the success. Uh, so, the one thing that I have to ask about all of this is the story that came out today. Some of the things that Tepper has said in his press conference, they asked him about what he kind of would do differently in the future and things, is that he said he wouldn't give... I guess maybe all the power to the coach. There would be more balance. My question about this is, is as we look at kind of some of this fallout that's coming out, is Fitter or the guy is Fitter or a real dude? Is he a guy that can be a GM or is he a wet noodle? And <laughs> you know, like just a yes, like because right now the way it's being painted is is he's a guy that uh, could navigate between a coach who 
was maybe a little too full of himself and an owner who is very prideful. Um, well, I don't think he's a wet noodle. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll say that right now. Um, I think that I really like the way that Fitterer handles the draft. Um, some of the things that he says, I really agree with, um, in terms of like, he has said multiple times that the more, the more darts you have to throw, um, the better. And one thing that I have, like, as I dove into covering the NFL and, and learning more about the draft process and just the way that rosters are constructed, it's that the draft is like 40% luck. Like, yeah, you could be really good at drafting, but ultimately like the, the right guy's got to fall to you. You got to have the right position open. You got to have the balls to make the right pick trades, all that stuff. And, and the hit rate on being successful in the draft is just not good. So like the idea of like trading back, picking up more tickets, I, I love that idea. Um, but in reality, like Scott Fitter, you know, signed the transaction log to trade for Sam Darnold. He signed the transaction log to, to exercise the fifth year option um, to trade for Baker Mayfield. And I think, I, I mean, I know rule was really pounding the table for Mayfield needed a new quarterback and, and whatever, but also, and you look at some of the other quarterbacks that went in this draft that are not Matt Corral, you say, maybe, maybe that's somebody that could be better than Corral, but ultimately we just don't know. We never, we haven't seen anything from Matt Corral. Um, not to, not to his fault, but I mean, just injury is what it is. But um, I, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what Scott Fitter does when he has 100% control of the roster. I am hesitant to say that Matt, that Scott Fitter has a hundred percent, uh, um, leeway in terms of picking the next coach. I mean, I think nobody thinks that. It doesn't right? seem like, like he has that. any control. Like that's, I mean, I won't say any control. That's the wrong way. But it I does not. I don't feel process. like he. I don't feel like Tepper has learned. Maybe not learned. Listen, I think he's ready to just get back in the driver's seat again. I have. I have. Here's the thing about Dave Tepper. Um. He has made he he has run the organization for what he's done it for five years now. He has pretty much followed the new owner playbook to a T. Every chapter, every verse, he has done it. He has gone out and done the fan service of something that doesn't really mean anything, but the fans have been clamoring for it for years. He has put the logo on the field. Basically hollowed out the business side and filled it with all of his people. Yep, exactly. Hollowed, hollowed out the business side, filled it with his people, changed, changed the way the business is run. He has hired, uh, he has fired the, uh, the incumbent head coach and the incumbent quarterback at the first signs of trouble. Now, Cam Newton, there were a lot of signs of trouble, whatever we'll, we'll deal with that. Sure. I'm sure. But, um, but Ron Rivera fired on a Tuesday in week 12, went out in that first coaching hire, uh, process and hired the big name college coach that couldn't be brought to the pros that nobody else wanted, gave him a huge money, gave him a huge contract, gave him a, gave him the contract that nobody else would give, gave him a ton of power and ultimately didn't work out. This has happened with every single new owner. You know, what's funny is I did research on this. Um, every single a uh, guy that has bought an NFL team in the past 25 years has fired their head coach within two seasons. And once they fired that guy, they brought in another guy and that new guy has never worked. 
in any scenario. Never works. Sometimes it's Nick Saban. Sometimes it's um, whoever Jerry Jones, somebody in Jacksonville. Yeah, who did Jerry Jones replace? uh, What's his name? Uh, The the dude from Miami. I think everybody loves him. He's on Fox, or he used to be on. Yeah, Fox. Yeah, not Jimmy Johnson, right? He yeah, uh, yeah. Quicker. He fired. Yeah, he fired right. Jimmy Johnson. Right? I mean, he fired Jimmy Johnson. I think. Yeah. So, um, wow, so now, that's interesting. Now we have to hope that we have to hope that he doesn't swing back the other way, which is what has always happened, right? They've always either gone with a if, if they hire don't say a Dan retread Quinn. head coach. Exactly. You have to hope that Tepper doesn't do what the new owner playbook says, which is go the other way and hire a disciplinarian, former head coach. You have to hope that he, maybe he, maybe even if he hasn't learned from his mistakes, you have to hope that he goes out and he hires somebody like Demeco Ryans or Shane, Shane. Um, oh my God. I'm blanking on his last what, name. What the guy Eagles. from Eagles. Uh, dude? Yeah. Steichen. I don't know. Uh, I like stitching, uh, stitching. Might not be right. stitching. Stitching. Um, you know, you you that's that's who the Panthers need is a up and coming head coach. Or, uh, I mean, I wish that we would give Steve Wilkes a chance. I, I I can't I can't see a scenario where that happens, but I wish that it would happen because um, I think that Steve Wilkes deserves to um, have the opportunity to be a head coach. I think that he is a tremendous leader and has been set up to fail every time that he's been given the job uh, both times. So um, I, I think he would, he should certainly be in the running, but I, I, I ultimately don't think that's going to happen. I mean, ultimately, if you're, if you're a Panthers fan and you're hoping for success, you want Demeco Ryans and a new quarterback drafted in the top three and go, right? I mean, that's, that's the best scenario. Maybe. So that actually is a good segue. You know, Tony mentioned that him and I kind of see things differently. And I know you don't have much time left, but I want to kind of, for uh, our last question and transition to this, this week against Atlanta, I believe that P.J. Walker represents the perfect spark that the Carolina Panthers need right now. He has a propensity to push the ball downfield. He has an aggressive play style. And it's not a coincidence that we see DJ Moore finally you know, reveal what he's capable of now that he has P.J. Walker um, at quarterback. The run game is now you know, looking more ferocious now that it's Christian McCaffrey less. Josh, this division's wide open, man. It is absolutely wide open. It reminds me a little bit of 2014. You know, you're talking about Panther fans probably being, you know, wanting to hire a new head coach, draft a new quarterback. But what are the chances that this team this year still has some damage to do and we might not be as out of it as once thought, even though that sounds crazy sitting at two and five? Um, I, oh man, <laughs> I feel like I'm going to, break some hearts here, but um, I, I think the Bucks lost to Mitch Trubisky and the Steelers two weeks ago. Um, and yes, the Panthers did put an absolute pounding on them. And it was, it was good to see, good to see that they could do it. Good to see that their defense could do, um, could, could produce for four quarters and that their offense would keep them alive. But ultimately 
Um, I, I think that this is a team that's closer to a top 10 pick than it is the playoffs. That being said, who the hell knows? I mean, the NFL is so crazy. They, uh, you know, they could certainly go um, seven and seven, nine and one or eight and nine and, and squeak it out. But ultimately, I'm not sure that that I think that I think that um, I think that hurts them for the future more than it does. More than it helps them, because ultimately, if you're if you're eight and nine, so what happens then? So then do you bring back P.J. Walker? Does P.J. Walker earn the starting? So you go into next year with P.J. Walker and Matt Corral starting as that's what Cody wants. Oh, my God. It makes me. It's be I'm malpractice. Proud, I don't know. This would be malpractice for a brand new coach for that to be the situation. Josh, I just said that if PJ finishes strong, you drafted Matt Corral, who had a ton of potential. You know, I think physically he's very comparable to a guy like Bryce Young. Bryce Young is playing with a lot better uh, players around him. You know, if you're in love with a CJ Stroud or a Will Levis, I understand that maybe Corral doesn't quite have that physical ceiling. But I don't know, man. I think that if PJ has a strong showing and you have a rookie quarterback under contract, it, it's not as crazy to me, you know, considering there aren't a lot of really good free agent quarterbacks that are even going to be available this offseason. Don't you feel like we're, I don't know, man, I'm a big, I'm a big believer in sample size. And I feel like we're really focusing in on the 60 minutes that we just saw rather than the, than the rest Agreed. of what we've seen of PJ Walker. Not that I PJ no, like he's PJ a band aid, bro. He's a band aid. And he's a good leader, but ultimately, like I, I just don't I feel like if you're if you're selling me on PJ Walker as the as the starting quarterback, that looks like for a team how that's, long? Looking, that's looking for a top five pick, not a team that's looking for a playoff. Right. Well I would say this is that PJ Walker is a great dude that can go and win us a game next week. Or not go or commit, you know, he can make plays. He's an athlete. I, uh, I liken him to a kid that I went to, that I went to middle school with Travis Bailey. He's the nicest kid in the world. He's just like always good on your basketball team. You know what I'm saying? Like he's never the best. He's not the most talented mug. He just passes the ball. Well, he got a good pump fake, a head fake. He got a little ever, everything and do a little everything. Well, just a, Go out there. He's a a gym rat kind of kid. I think PJ Walker can can get it done on a Sunday, but he can't get it over done over a two years on a Sunday. You know, man, like you just can't build that way. So I just think it would be malpractice to go into next year with a head coach and say, "Hey, you got PJ and Matt Corral. Good luck in your first year." coming off an injury that would be the this is malpractice bro so look we know you got to go we have so many well, first we want to try to get you back on and get some insight in the uh, in not too long from now um i'm trying to think if the last thing i don't have anything i mean i have uh, so many more questions For sure. wait, wait. I, I know i said i gotta go but i want to i do want to rebut to that i think that i i get it the idea that we just that the panthers just blew out the bucks and Tom Brady, 21 to three, it feels like everything is happening, but we are five days removed from the Panthers 100% tanking and people thinking that they were going to go 1-16. Like it was was literally on Saturday, and now we've gotten 
on a Wednesday and everybody's like, you know what, they're going to go into Atlanta and if they win, and I get it. Like you look at the NFC South and the NFC South is, is a terrible division right now. But ultimately, I think that the Panthers are not going to are not going to abandon their plan now that Matt Rule has gone. And I don't think that their plan – I think the fact that they have not gone out and signed um, – Bradley Chubb quarter, or didn't go oh, out and sign another quarterback or anybody <laughs> or like, I don't think that obviously they're not going to trade for Bradley Chubb or bring in one of these guys or like Jerry Judy or whatever. But ultimately oh, this yeah, is a team don't. that has been a, that has been selling the past week. Yeah. And I would be surprised if they are not continuing to sell. I think there will be another guy draft, uh, another guy traded, maybe, uh, maybe uh, an offensive lineman, not a starter may get Ooh. traded over the next five days. Um, because this team is trying to prepare for the future rather than try to win this year. And they're never going to say that. And they shouldn't say that because the guys in the, in that locker room deserve to go out there and try and win. And, and we've said it before, you'll secure it every week. Tanking doesn't really exist in the NFL, but somebody used the phrase administrative tanking. Yeah. And that makes a lot more Yeah. Me, I'm that guy, Josh. Josh, yeah, I don't care where you it's, heard it. It's Cody. I've yeah, Cody's been saying this. I've been saying this to Tony Dorn for years yeah, now. Tanking a, doesn't take place at the football field between players or coaches. It's it about contracts. It's organizational level. You're trading players away. You're offloading money on expensive Acquiring players. Acquiring assets. Yeah, you're trying to build for the future. And, uh, yeah, I'm taking credit for that, dude. I don't he care. does. I he has get, been I want to get one more takeoff, too. The Panthers should be. They're not going to, but the Panthers should trade Derek Brown before the trade deadline. Derek Brown? No. No, say Brian Burns. Listen, listen, listen. He's playing at his. He's playing his absolute best right now. Right. He is. He he could draw you a first round pick right now. He is going to be due for a ton of money. Not next. Not this year. Not next year. But the year after. That'll be year three of a rookie quarterback. When you should be in your window. To win a national, to win the Super Bowl, to go to the playoffs, you do not need to be spending 15, 20 million on a defensive tackle in that season. If you can get a first round pick right now for Derek Brown, you should do it. They're not going to. Do the Panthers? Do. do the Panthers pick top five next year? Uh oh. Uh yes. Okay. Whether or not they have that, whether or not they finish with the five worst records in the NFL, they will be picking in the top five. Okay. All right. Uh, that's Josh Klein, the riot that report. Oh, yeah. Lose you yeah. On that one. Yeah. No, I don't, no, I don't I think, think you lost me. I think I'm coming back around as you're saying, if they don't finish in the worst of the five, they still will. I'm, I'm assuming you mean a trade up into the top five at that point. If they're not in the top five, I, um, I, we have a thing. Look, is we got to let you go. We can pick your brain all night. We have a, I, we had a, a cool take last night on the show, which I think David Tepper hopes that somehow Steve Wilkes actually wins the job. I think it would take a ton of pressure off of him because it, man, he's going to have to go out and get the guy now. And like you said, the track record for the new owner playbook is not good on this in the swing it would almost be best if he won if wilkes won the job and it took some of the pressure off of that we also have questions about the rooney rule if you can internal if you can hire internally and just promote steve wilkes because 
he meets the qualifications of the Rooney rule and being on that list. Number one, you know, there's some sort of list. Anyway, we got a lot to ask you in the future. Josh, tell us what's going on. The Roaring Riot. Um, I mean, boy, they're just, you guys are battling through a tough season for fans. And it hasn't been the first season, but this has got to be one of the toughest seasons to organize uh, fan support. But we're with you. Um, I just yeah. saw a friend of, I just saw my oh. friend Susan Deans, and she's a member of the Rowing Riot. And she was talking about her tickets. I was like, yeah, I put them on the right exchange, this and that. So tell them, tell the people how they can not only find your work, but how they can support fans and the fan community in Carolina. Yeah, man, we appreciate that. Um, listen, the uh, uh, a, a lot of people are like, I don't want to spend another dollar uh, with David Tepper and the Panthers. We are not, we are not uh, related to David Tepper and the Panthers. We're we're our own separate entity. Um, but ultimately, um, the Roaring Riot is the the fan union of the Carolina Panthers. So if you're a Carolina Panthers fan, and if you are watching the Carolina Cat Chronicles, I, I certainly believe that you are. Um, you go to RoaringRiot.com, uh, you get a cool t-shirt, sticker patch, all that cool stuff uh, with your membership kit this year. We throw a huge tailgate, a block from um, Bank of America Stadium. The one on Thursday night is going to be incredible. We've got these light-up glasses that are super fun. Everything's dedicated to Sam Mills this year. We go to away games. If you ever hear heard Keep Pounding uh, chants on TV at an away game, that's the Roaring Riot. Uh, that's us. So um, we are... Uh, we just want to bring Panther fans together and raise money for charity. That's the, uh, that's, that's the reality. Those are the two things that we want to do. And uh, I just thought, does, does do the riot do Philly games? Yeah, we have Philadelphia chapter. We have 40 chapters all over the world. So go to roaringriot.com, click the chapter map. Um, you can see if, if there is a group watching Panthers fans or watching Panthers games at a bar near you, you do not have to walk alone. You can go and watch with other Panthers fans. And get drunk with them and yell yeah. at how much. So you don't you have to Sam kill Donald. yourself by yourself. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it started because uh, Zach was watching games by himself in Philly. I used to watch games by myself in Denver. I know what it's like. So you don't have to do that. The other thing is if you like hearing about the Panthers news and you like a little bit of snark and a little bit of sarcasm and maybe some insider stuff and maybe some silly memes, uh, go to theriotreport.com. We're not publishing as many articles every now uh, as we used to, but if you sign up for, we have a daily newsletter that goes out that I curate, Jason Huber um, curates, that Zach Luttrell curates, that has every single piece of Panthers news that you need every morning it hits your inbox. And um, we, we think it's pretty cool. It's basically the Charlotte agenda or Axios or whatever um, for Panthers fans. So um, encourage you to sign up for that. And then follow me on Twitter for at Josh Klein rules. If you're looking to see people complain about getting up early. Fantastic. Thank you again for coming on. We're going to get you back and, um, all right, that's it. We'll just keep pounding brother. For sure, man. I'll come back and, uh, I will not have a hard out to go watch house of dragons with my wife and I will, uh, I will be able to get drunk on this show and reveal all kinds of secrets. Yes. So. <laughs> yes. Perfect. Dude, the Perfect. Fact that you said it's for the house of the dragons. You're all nope. good in my boat, dude. Rings of power, baby. Better than, greater than. Oh, who gives a shot? Gotta do it. Uh, all right. Bye, all right, man. Take it uh, easy. I love you, man. Um, Cody, uh, I need you to uh, take the mic for about 
a minute and 30 seconds as I diffuse one fire real quick. And then we finish uh, up because I, there's a couple of things I want to talk about with this article. So yeah, talk to the yeah. peoples, particularly Uh-oh, just don't you, care. Chat, Who you cares? hear that? You got some alone time with your boy, baby. What up? First off, shout out to just don't care for the $5. He's got behind on my donations, fellas. Keep pounding C3. Just don't care. You're the man, bro. You know I appreciate it. But listen, man, Um, you know, Josh had a very interesting take about trading Derek Brown. Um, And, and look, I just have to respectfully disagree with him. I, I really do believe that going forward, the reason why any head coach is going to want to be here for the Carolina Panthers is because of the defensive players have. Guys like Brian Burns, guys like Derek Brown, guys like Jeremy Chin and J.C. Horn, this is the crux of your defense that is going to be one of the reasons why you're a contender going forward. So, And he has three years left. I don't know. Just Derek Brown seems like a bridge too far to me. Um, and I don't know, man. I, I really, you know, I think at one point in time, we thought that we were going to be doing the fire shell thing. But knowing how many losses the Panthers have had to suffer through these past few seasons, like if you're not doing everything in your power to try and win football games, then you're not doing it correctly, man. There's so many quarterbacks to be had in this draft. I mean, look, even if you're picking, you know, somewhere between 7 and 13, that might still be striking distance for the Panthers to trade up and draft a guy that they like. Be that some like a Will Levis, who has a ton of physical upside, or a Hendon Hooker. I saw Pickle was in the chat. He's a Tennessee Volunteer fan. Hendon Hooker is very mobile, has an incredible deep ball. You know, you might be able to find yourself in a position to be able to move up and grab some of those dudes anyway. So why wouldn't you be trying to win football games right now? I just think that you absolutely should, man. And by the way, listen, if you follow me on Twitter, you know I am loud and proud in my belief of Matt Corral being a highly underrated talent. And listen, I know a lot of you don't have a reason to believe in him right now. You saw a very small... What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Sample size in the preseason of what Matt Corral was able to do. But I'm telling you, man, this guy has upside that a lot of people are overlooking. And, you know, it might not be the most likely of things, but I really just think that Matt Corral has a ton of talent that he hasn't had the ability to show yet. And inside this new and improved Panthers offense, 
that has a run game that is able to pass protect, I just think a quarterback like Matt Corral is built to thrive. But now it happens is beside the point. Right now, the only focus in the organization of the Carolina Panthers should be to beat the hell out of the Atlanta Falcons. And literally nothing else matters, man. Uh, Cody, I want to go, since we're on the beat check, let's uh, check some of the beat and uh, just pop around real quick while we got some time. Let's jump over to Cat Crave. Let me see. Let's see if we can. <gasps> oh, shit. Look at your oh. boys. Yeah, look at that. Oh, man, I've seen that before. I've heard that before. Nice. All right. So, uh, yeah, Josh, I did want Malik Willis because I have a firm belief that you bet on physical upside. Matt Corral also has a ton of physical upside. By the way, this year, that's probably why I'm going to be higher on a guy like Will Levis than most people. Because regardless of what he's done at Kentucky, you have to project these players into the NFL, into an NFL playbook and how fast they're going to be able to pick up said NFL playbook, man. So Ooh, I don't know if I would say fast, like how fast, but I would say is this, is that one of the things that you have to do in the, in the draft is think about what someone can be, not who they are only. Yeah, right. Is that is some people have peaked. You don't want them above peaked. There are so many of these quarterbacks that we have, or in a, I think quarterback is a easy way to look at it is they are their best in college. And, like, Patrick Mahomes is better now than he was in college. Absolutely. Just that simple. So is Josh Allen. So is Justin Herbert. And so are a lot of people at their own jobs. Think of it like that, is that I sucked. And first, I might, I still probably suck. My wife probably mad at me right now, unnecessarily mad for, I will tell y'all, um, next week's ice well, up. that's watch for you. But the point is this, is that as we, like, I mean, it w- wouldn't it be weird for you? I think it's odd for us, and maybe this is the win now. I don't know what culture it is. I don't know why we think this. But, like, um, you are what you are right now, and that's not really the case. It's kind of like saying Brian Burns. Like when someone t- said in the chat today, Brian Burns was 24 and he's got four years of, I think it was Ted Tizzy said four years of, exp- you know, four, like that's a Madden wet dream. He's 24 and he's already got, f- he's a four year vet. Like that's insanity, but you can't, I know we want them to produce from day one. But you got to think of what they can be, not what they are at that moment when you're in the draft. Yeah, but but especially the quarterback position, Tony, because all these guys, you know, even Will Levis, who's in a pro-style offense, they're not necessarily doing things that they're going to be asked to do at the NFL level. And, just you know, we fall into this trap of, oh, but just because a player wasn't asked to do something a lot, therefore it means that he can't. And that's a flaw that you can kind of get wrapped up in. And that's why when our coaching staff and when our have sit downs with these players, that's why their evaluation of them off the football field is so important because you have to look at their work ethic. You have to look at their football IQ. 
you have to look at some of these intangible things and see if those are the things that's going to equate to the NFL. So, it, look, it's going to be one interesting offseason like it has been the past few years for the Carolina Panthers. Hey, why don't we uh, click on uh, uh, that? Could the Panthers actually win the NFC South right. in 2022? I want to shout out this. Is Cat Crave been putting in work? They've been yeah. Dean Jones. Dean Jones saved this website. This website was dying, and they saved it. And it's really good right now. Jared Feinberg, though, he's all over the Panthers for a long time now. Yeah, absolutely. Let's see what it says. Is of course they can. But all right, so do the Carolina Panthers have a chance at winning the NFC South ahead of their Week Seven matchup? Against the Buccaneers, uh, the Panthers looked like they were doomed, right? But Carolina's victory, uh, first in the post-Matt Rule era and just the second since November in 20... All right, so what are they saying? Come on, let's get to it. Could they win? I think they can win. I mean, I think it's just, all right, have a long way to go. My thing is not even necessarily what the Panthers have failed to do thus far. It's looking at the competition. The Saints do not look that much better than us, man. And we already beat them. Tampa Bay, we didn't let them score a touchdown. Atlanta, I know they always play us tough, but I'm sorry. I'm just not scared. This so much reminds me of that 2014 NFC South, where these teams kind of don't want to get out of their own ways. Like, you know, even if we lose in the coming weeks, it still doesn't mean that we're out of this. Well, yeah, I mean, I feel like this is you got to win this week. You got to win against this division opponent. If if you sure. lose this week, is Atlanta might be primed to win the division? Oh, I don't want to hear that shit. No, nah, for real, like they've nah, been playing a lot better. What's their record? I don't care. They're choke artists. No, the Falcons. Oh, stop. That's what uh, they do. Okay. Yes, all right. How many times have you ever bet on the Falcons and it went your way? They always. I never you, bet man. on the Falcons. Actually, you, you know what? You... Is every time the Falcons have caused more problems in my life. Right. Um, so why would you want to give them any kind of benefit of the doubt? I'm not giving them benefit of the doubt. They are. They've. They're ahead of us in the division, asshole. Oh, but by like a game. Dude, by a game, damn. they are first in the they, division. They, 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 didn't, they didn't have Matt Rule weighing them down and Baker Mayfield. So they oh had gosh, an advantage. You're just being silly now. No, the I'm point that I'm trying to say man. is this, is that if they win. All right, so we're sitting here going this. If we win and Bucks lose, we're in first. If they win, they're in first. It don't matter even if the Bucks lose or not. They're not going to win. Okay, that's fine. I'm not saying, all right. Yeah, I'm telling you. Um, somebody, a lot of people, all right, so someone brought this up. I have ESPN. I'm supposed to have ESPN Plus because of my Hulu subscription. Like, I get to watch ESPN Plus, but I don't get to wa- yeah. read these articles, though. I didn't know that you could read articles with ESPN Plus. Yeah, you have to. Like, is that this Scott Fowler article is a paid article? Oh, that's why I was able to read it. Because uh, I, uh, when I had Disney Plus, I got the bundle. Well, can with, you pull with, it up? Yeah. 
Can you re can you bring us yeah, the Fowler yeah, yeah. argument? Because this is what people. Well, it's this a is very really, long article, by the way. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah. But the hot story right now is the Matt Rule Exodus. How about that? Is um and I want to know if anybody could tell me this. Is Scott Fowler, excuse me, Jeremy Fowler, Scott Fowler's son. <laughs> or, or their brother or whatever the guy that is for the observer i think that i they have to be related i think it's his son so inside the carolina panthers the three seasons of quarterback failure what is the main point of this article i only saw a couple of clips so let's go so through it and see what Tell me a little yeah, synopsis well, of yeah, what's going again, on. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of it. But in summation, basically, uh, at every step of the way, there was a better option that Panthers wanted but then failed to get. So, for example, the, 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 the first one was they got rid of Cam Newton, and they wanted to sign Matthew Stafford. And we all know this. And apparently at the Senior Bowl that year, a deal was very close to being made. The Detroit Lions had already sent over to Carolina all the info pertaining to Matt Stafford's back injury, uh, but like they had done real work, uh, so much to the fact that uh, on the way on the way back from the Senior Bowl, you know, when before they got on the plane, they thought Matthew Stafford was theirs, and then by the time they got there, Los Angeles had swooped in and gotten Matthew Stafford, and the GM apologized and said, "Yeah, sorry, it's just." Happened real fast. Almost as soon as that happened, they turned their attentions between a bunch of other quarterbacks that were on the market. Carson Wentz being one of them. Uh, there were other people, but oh, ultimately, yuck. but all right, but ultimately, Teddy Bridgewater ended up being that player. It was also revealed they're that, so but, thirsty. Yeah, but look, this is the part thirsty. that breaks my heart because you know how much of a of a fan I was of Justin Herbert. But there were many people in the, the in the scouting department, and even uh, a guy like uh, Fitterer himself that wanted to move up. Fitterer wasn't for, here. Uh, Herney, pardon me. Herney yeah. wanted uh, to move up. The greatest, the goat of first I, round. I, picks. I know, man. Shout out the to the goat they of wanted... first round picks. My man said that what he said. The, there's only a forty percent hit rate on first round picks. Well, he ain't ever talked about marty herney before they wanted to move up for justin herbert and if you remember God, uh, the new york giants they were picking uh, uh i think like third or fourth in that draft that year and the carolina panthers they were even willing to move up uh to with the giants in order to make that deal happen to jump in front of the dolphins and the chargers however here comes matt rule it was his opinion that there were too many holes on the team and get that requisite amount of draft picks in order to get Justin Herbert would prevent them from filling out the rest of the roster adequately. By the way, that's the same draft where the Panthers went all defense. Like literally every pick in the draft was all defense. Um, then it's that next year where Matt Rule was head over heels about Sam Darnold. And apparently other people in the organization had been telling, uh, you know, Matt Rule that it was not a good idea because uh, Sam Darnold had, you know, a lot of turnover tendencies. 
And, you know, there were a lot of flaws on his film from his time with the New York Jets. And yet, even still, Matt Rule would dismiss them over over with this insistence that Sam Darnold was supposed to be the guy. And basically just not even listening to everyone else that wanted to look at someone else other than Sam Darnold. And they even said that that represented the high point of Matt Rule's career because at that point, you know, Sam Darnold went 3-0 and to start the season with us last year. And, it had kind and of he was like- pretty good uh, in his rookie year as a coach. Right? His rule was not after, no, after year one. Look, is no, no, it was look, as we had moved on unserendipitously, I guess would be the word, or as close to that as I can pronounce it, from Cam Newton, which made fans perturbed. We had a new coach, we had a new coach who's a college coach that we had a lot of concerns with and the team looked competitive in year one. It was year two that it looked like what, again, I think what I expected year one to look like. Well, but like again, a, a year, year, one, year two year was one a was mess. The COVID year. year one was the COVID year. So it's almost like we had these built in excuses no, I don't even right? think it was a. I think that we actually had an advantage in COVID because we had younger coaches who were more fluid with new ways of doing things. Well, but and I think that older, that like, think was... about Pete Carroll trying to get on the Zoom. Yeah, that okay. That's but what I, I really, is, I like... truly think that the COVID year it, it was an advantage to younger digital but looking minds. looking back at that early year in hindsight, it's just like his next two years. So, you know, even though we at the time wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt for being a first-year head coach during the COVID year, like, point being, after year one, Tony, you're not saying, ah, oh, this dude has to go right now, you know, unless you were like Greg or G baby or whatever. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying is I thought right. that but we were building though. the right but direction. When you, but when you look back at it now, it, it was always the same old thing. It was a college coach that could never truly put in the right position to succeed. And, and, and literally as you go through this entire article, Tony, literally every time a major quarterback decision needs to be made, it was What's the most damning part about rule. the article to you. How about this? Tell me what the most, tell me a, the three things. If you could tell me three things about this article, okay. one is the most important, one is the most damning, and the one is the most surprising. Ooh, so let's do it the, like that. What's the most important part look, that we learned mo- about to this? To me, the most important part is that they decided to not bet big on Justin and you look at what that guy's capable of doing, you might want to be down on him this year because the Chargers are no, very hurt. No, you shouldn't. You yeah, shouldn't. but that, that guy is a franchise Six. quarterback. And by the way, one of the things that I said on this podcast is that Justin Herbert had Luke Kixley DNA. That's what Dave Gettleman said about Christian McCaffrey when they drafted him, and that would have been the same thing with Justin Herbert, except at the most important position in football. Um one of the most damning things is uh, they said that this season 
um, right, it was like right uh, after the Cardinals game that you could sense there was a visible like uh, a attention amongst Panther players that they were kind of down in the dumps, kind of like upset with themselves. They felt that no one can kind of themselves. And yet the coaching staff was quiet. Like there was no trying to rally the troops. You know, like they didn't even pay much to the team that had been continuously losing so much. Um, and I think that was, you know, that was very indicative that these coaches, specifically Matt Rule, he knew that he was a dead man walking. I mean, he absolutely knew that going forward, uh, his his ass was on the chopping block. And then it really show, showed uh, after the 49ers game, and you know everybody had already kind of seen the writing on the wall. To me, the most surprising thing, Tony, and I guess it isn't surprising, but just for the sake of the gossip, that uh, uh, multiple different sources told Fowler that uh, after Donald started underperforming, David Tepper was furious with the fact that they picked up his fifth-year option before he had ever played the snap of NFL football, and that he was apparently persuaded at the time by Matt Rule uh, and I believe Federer and other people in the front office in order to, you know, in order to kind of go forward with Sam Darnold, they convinced Tepper that they should pick up the fifth-year option. And he was absolutely livid about it. And I just find that to be, you know, the most surprising and yet the most unsurprising thing at the same time. And Tony, I'll give you a bonus one. After Matt Rule was fired. So this is probably the saddest thing to me. And then I'll read this super chat by Michael Davis. The saddest thing, Tony, was guess who was the player to rally the troops and try and get the morale back up after Matt Rule had been fired. Can you guess who it was? I mean, I you want to say Shaq Thompson, but I feel like it's going to be somebody who is kind of on the outs with the... <laughs> Boy, I'd say. How about none other than Christian McCaffrey was the one who got up in front of everyone and gave it's like a leader of the locker room and tried to rally the troops and try and get the morale back up. And then, dude, not even a few days later, this man is traded to the San Francisco 49ers. Do you dude, think, is it strange that Christian McCaffrey isn't, wasn't more of a feature in the Carolina Panthers media, the, you know, like, why has he just been absent from everything? Like, I feel like we paid him. They should have been trotting him out after these games to do some press conference. We haven't heard from him at all. So when you say that, like, I almost feel like Christian McCaffrey was either an introvert or is just trying to go bang Olivia. And I do not hear him speaking or talking no, at all. Man, I kind of the plan was from the jump, like a DEFCON 5 or whatever. If this season starts to go downhill, Christian McCaffrey is the first. If he's healthy, of course, Christian McCaffrey is the first person 
that you're going to be trading off of this football team. So why put him in all of the all of the promos and all of that kind of stuff if you know that there's a very real, uh, you know a very real possibility that you might be trading him away at some point later in the year. Um, I, I think that definitely plays into the discussion. Hey, real quick, we have to give love to our man, Michael this Davis. Patron saint. This is the $35 love bomb. She says, I'm going bird hunting in Atlanta Sunday. Might even bring some batter and hot oil with me. Who's down? Ooh, keep, keep it up, fellas. Get those likes up and crush that algorithm. You heard the man. Hit that like, hit that subscribe, hit that notification bell for every single time. The C3 Panthers podcast goes live and brings you the Panther information and discussion that you so love. Fried Falcon on the menu. Ooh. Fried Falcon uh, sounds delicious. delicious. Um, I will say, all right, so I've looked around a couple of things. Is I looked at the, uh, let's see what Panther oh, car. This is another sad one that was in the article. At oh, one God. point in time, uh, Fitterer liked the idea of Trubisky to compete Ooh. with Darnold for the starting job. Do you want now? You want ah! to keep that, man? We should get rid of yeah. Fitterer right away then. You know what is uh, the news that is coming out uh, on this story? First, I'm a little, man, I don't want to say it to the people like, look, we're going to have Joe Person on hopefully in a couple of weeks. I'm already working on getting him scheduled. He can't come next week, but we're going to get Joe Person in the future. Um, Hopefully the following Wednesday for the beat check. I, I don't want them to hear this. Even our guest tonight and our guest in the past is like, why is it now that where you asked this question tonight, you snuck that question in, which is, did we have murmurs of this dysfunction? Were there murmurs of this dysfunction all along? And... I would say this is that if this is now they're going to take the Scott Fowler or Jeremy Fowler, like if they're all going to bag on these bitches and dump on them now, why were they not a little bit more on that party when it was happening? You know, And you know what the funny thing about it is? That's why whenever you find legitimate information that runs contrary to, you know, what the mainstream, you know, Panther media might be telling you, it's oftentimes that those can be the most correct. Because, for example, if you're a player that has discontent with your coaches, well, you're not going to go and run and tell someone that's going to tell, you know, Joe Person or David Newton or Shana Quick. You're just not going to do that if you don't want certain information out. Whereas if you say it to someone and then it gets to a verified source like myself, you can take it or leave it and, you know, say, oh, code is just making shit up just to get Twitter clicks or whatever. Whereas there's probably a lot of truth when it is someone that doesn't have an official check mark next to their name. But I agree with you, Tony. It's like everyone has a lot to say about the dissension in the ranks. Now, now. That was already where was fired. it then? But yeah, you're telling me you didn't hear nothing 
Right, it's like, uh, and for me, it's not even dissension in the ranks. It's like, uh, I can understand, like, afterwards, like, oh, I didn't like that pick. Oh, I wanted a different decision. For me, the real one is this, is Joe Person is going on the raid, and he's going to be the most cons- one of the more conservative reporters on this. You know what I'm saying? He's not going to just come out and lob stuff because he's got to go back in there next week he's very close to the team but he's sitting there going this is that rule had control of the roster rule was like kind of or at least to me he's implying that these personnel decisions were very heavily ruled by matt rule and i don't feel like that reporting Maybe they left it open to us. Was it? I feel like this is right now. Scott Fitter seems like a wet noodle to me. And I don't want to believe that. I don't want to believe that. But between this story, the kind of shade that people are throwing afterwards about this, someone described him as a nice guy who could appease Tepper and rule. And I don't know if that's a great thing. You know what our you know what our general manager needs to be able to do? He needs to be able to tell people no. Including yes. including yes. his boss, David Tepper. Yes. Look, look that, I'm telling you, that's why I think I'd be a good GM. Even if Dave hired me, I would have no problem telling that man. And you're like, what are they going to do? I'm in a wheelchair, bitch. What are you going to like? Are and you that, really going to come it's at like, me? It, it, oh. It's like, dude, I have the boss to tell people, hey, look, if you want to do that, it's whatever. But there is no way that I'm signing off on that dumbass decision. That's why he way, dies on this hill. Yeah, or he man. says way, he he don't like that. Cody like, Cody's always like, I well, live I on this on hill. This Cause I'm undefeated, man. I've never died. Who's ever killed me? Oh my gosh, me, you cannot no keep one. saying dude, that. Dude, I'm shit. literally undefeated, <laughs> and I've never one time in my life, dude. Check the record. But my point being is that you know, if David Tepper is going to be this guy that throws his weight around and throws his billions and his power and nervous, like you have to be able to know what you're doing from an organizational standpoint. And I agree with you, Tony. Based on the track record thus far, I don't know that Federer is that type of dude. That if he genuinely believes something, so for I'm example, worried. if I if I if I'm general manager of the Carolina Panthers, I say to David Tepper and the coach and everyone on that staff, there is no move at all that I endorse higher than going up and securing our franchise quarterback in Justin Herbert and any other decision. Well, he wasn't that, there then. Wrong. The he wasn't move. there then. He wasn't right, there then. I'm saying if I'm the general manager. So the, actually, the question would have been last year. Last year, or um, he was the Fields draft. He's the F- Mac Jones Fields. Yeah. Who else? People are still arguing about that. J.C. Horn or Justin Fields. Well, um, I will tell you this, is that I believe more in Justin Fields than I do in Mac Jones. And oh, I, did, sure. I did then, and I still do to this yeah. day. Yeah, same. Same. You know, yeah, as yeah, like, I mean, I just legitimately then, I was all on the Justin Fields train, bro. 
Yeah, and by the way, shout out to Michael Johnson. He says, you know, Tepper is pink as hell while reading these articles. And that's Man. another thing. Tony, that's another thing they revealed that David Tepper, and we saw this in the press conference, uh, you know, after he fired Matt Rule, David Tepper, not only does he check social media, but he listens to what the Panther media is saying and writing about him. And he's a frequent checker and observer of, of all course these he is. They all are. Yeah. Absolutely, man. So, oh, by the way, Tim Estes, I never said uh, Kim couldn't play uh, left tackle. I said for the purpose of our run game, you put Kim Aquanu at left guard. And I still don't think it would be a bad what idea. What do you Shout think about – awesome left tackle. What do you think about the – well, first, Sticky Icky put it in the air. Ooh-wee. Oh, um, what do you think about this shade that people are throwing on your boy Christian, Brady Christensen at guard? This is literally the first year in his life that he's ever played left guard at an NFL level. And his numbers are high in pass protection. Um, I think run blocking is something that he's going to have to get the hang of over time. But I'm not worried about it, man. And I'm not certainly not giving a damn about PFF, man. PFF, um, you know. Why? You don't want to start play- Michael Jordan? <laughs> oh, dude. You don't want to start Cade Mays or whatever. Like, this dude, I don't even know his name. They're like, oh, if we had Cade Mays, we'd be fucking number one in the league. I was like, whatever. The- Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Sorry. It's embarrassing. Yeah. If I never heard the name Michael Jordan in relation to a football player again for the rest of <laughs> like, my life. If I never heard the name Michael Jordan, Jordan I would dude. never know anything about basketball, bitch. Yeah, man. It's uh. like, dude, I'm 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 so done with it. Um this time. And by the way, we rushed for 173 yards. I know. That, I know. How bad how terrible was it? Liability, man. I know. Uh, man, I it's dumb, dude. what I do actually, it's not it's not dumb. It's like a reasonable position to like have cons- questions, concerns, and this and that. But what I is dumb is for eighty five percent of your life to say that PFF sucks, <clears throat> and then the one time PFF verifies your position you're like oh look at these grades because i'm pretty sure and you guys the people that are listening right now don't really know what the hell we're talking about i mean they do they know who we're talking about but they don't know inside panther baseball you know what i mean yeah but the point is this is these motherfuckers are always like oh don't ever trust pff that's why i don't ever give a fuck about pff and then when when pff supports them they're like oh well look at this fucking grade right here and and, and don't forget the fact that, that they know you know other nfl offensive linemen and literally everything that they say is backed up by their former NFL player friends. Like, dude, it, it, it's such an easy comment to say, oh, my NFL friends say, but, 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 I don't even care eye. about it. I don't even got to go that far. I just got to go to this far is that the mugs are like, oh, well, now PFF supports me. That's my oh, whole yeah. thing is this. Yeah, is you can't shit on something all day long. And then, and it, well, you can, and that's what people do. Oh, oh yeah, All Tony, right. I wanted to ask you this before we jumped out of here. Um, Pat Elflin has to have uh, season-ending uh, season surgery. Um, so, what? therefore, uh, I'm not entitled. I think it was his foot. 
um, Panther Pickles in here. I'm sure he can uh, correct me if I'm wrong. But season-ending uh, surgery, and Bradley Bozeman is going to be the center for Good. you know uh, for the rest of the year. And I hate it for Pat, man. I know I was never a fan of his per se. Yeah, but, but play better at center than at guard. Yeah, played better than most people expected him to. And um, always know, better uh, so, at center than he was at guard. Right. So, you know, uh, I, I hate it for him for that reason. But at the same time, how could you not feel uh, happy for Bradley Bozeman? And now I have a, I'm, I'm actually worried. His, uh, I'm sad. Why? Because, um, first of all, he should have been arguably playing from the beginning. Right. Oh, for sure. So we missed five games with him starting, technically. You can say one was because of injury. But what I'm sad about is I think he's only on a one-year deal. So yeah, that's true. That's true. I want to get hype and like this guy a lot. But I almost want them to break wouldn't it be better if f-line could come back and play a little bit and no. put and push no, down no and push down postman's monetary value a little bit so we can sign them i mean i hate to root uh, against the guy's money but like this is the thing is like i think through next year so then we have to resign we have to pay year. we have to pay bozeman yeah, and we don't have sure. to pay him a ton, we, but we're going to have to give him money. And that's the only thing. He is seems this, to really love like, the Panther community. And him and his wife are very active amongst the Panther fan base, taking pictures. Dance. They're incredible. They're awesome. They're like, really like, guy. dude, they lived in an RV for an entire year. Yeah. Have you heard about they're, this? They're good people. Um, I, I remember. You haven't heard about this, Kurt? Yes. Yeah, I mean, I remember something about it. Like, they lived in a literal, which, first of all, is my dream. My kids hate me for this, is when I, uh, the fateful day that probably will sadly occur one day where my wife leaves me. <laughs> but what I'm saying is this. Say it's like, man. no, I mean, not, well, maybe it'll be, but no. Um, what I would just say is this, is that if you can work virtually, if you had a job where you can work virtually and you could get that dope ass 5g hotspot internet, I would just buy a fucking RV and travel. Single Have you ever man. seen those shows that show like, I would love that shit. I would but just, like, you know, the, you know, the dope ass mobile homes, like the, hundred thousand something dollar mobile homes with all the luxury amenities yeah. like that dude, dude that would, yeah that would be fun as hell. Dude, you just go on the road for, i mean you don't gotta go over yeah but like you could pull your car behind you pull a little prius behind you and man you would there are these old people that live down the street from me they're older i i don't know them that well man there's like five or six blocks down the road. But there used to be a trailer home there and they got it removed and they put this balling ass RV there. They built a little deck. They got a deck. They got a storage shed. 
They got their Jeeps. They got trucks in the back. The hurricane came two a uh, month ago, and these bitches just took their RV and bounced. Deuces. I mean, they were just like, we're going to the mountains. Like, I mean, what a yeah, that's baller as hell. I think this, if I was a single man right now, and I had enough, a little bit of loot, I think that's what I would do. I would just buy a fucking $120,000 RV. Pimping all over the country. Got a new one every Done. night in every, in every city that you go to. I don't to. even care. I don't even, <laughs> it's not even about a new one. Yeah, but yeah, that's what I would do. Yeah, man. But um, kind of uh, off the topic of Bozeman. But dude, how about this? I was just but no, this. he lived in the RV for a whole year. Him and his yeah, wife. But, but, and they're not, and he's not a small person. No, it's a big. Uh, I think Tim Tizzy was in the chat room earlier saying, "Uh, he he's like a good old farm boy, just a happy old good old uh, farm boy with farmer strength, throwing barrels of hay into a tractor. Like he brings, it gives off that kind That's of. That's what you need. He's a lovable dude, by the way, man. You know, I, I, we haven't had like a dude at center that everybody was able to get behind like that since a little. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, I'm happy for Bozeman, and I definitely think that next year, especially if our offensive line continues to do well, Bradley Bozeman has to be a priority. Has to. All right. Um, I think we've covered about most of the topics we can cover tonight, Uh, but we will be back Friday night with the Friday free-for-all. And um, Sunday, we'll have the post-game show. What else should we be thinking about right now, Cody? I don't know. Tell me. Get us out of here. A I don't w, know. Man. Help me out. A W, man. A W. How about this? Believe in your team, man. Let let your heart lead you for once. Let your mind and all the rationale put that bullshit away. We're about to smack the hell out of the Atlanta Dirty Turds. And, dude, we're going to show him or show you something. We're going to show them what time it is in the NFC South, man. The Panthers have what they need to be successful. So you know what? I'm believing in my team, Tony. I haven't done so in a long time. But damn it, I'm doing it now, baby. That's good news, people. That's good news, people. This is the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com. Tuesday nights, we chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions. 9 p.m. live. We've been doing it for over 10 years now. Wednesday night, we hit you with a beat check. Friday yeah. night, we hit you with the Friday free for all. Where any yeah. fan, if you want to be the, you don't, you want to just listen, you want to control the conversation, Friday is the show. Look, you can call in on oh, Tuesdays. Yeah. We want fan interaction. We want to highlight you, but on Friday, you're the host. You're the host on That's Friday. Right. Well, at least, and Cody always is the producer. On yeah, Sunday, man. we got the post game. Oh, did I skip a day? Oh, I did. Saturday simulations. Bro, Prophetic. the C3, bro, we Prophetic, have been killing man. it, dude. We've been killing it. Y'all have been great hanging out with us but look we need your help we need y'all's 
help. I cannot tell you this enough is that success breeds the desire for more. I want more subscribers. I want more views just because I want to grow this family. Works so close. Let's get to 5,000 subscribers. Let's help get to a hundred five thousand. We asked for your help to help us get to four thousand. And dude, we're so close to five, man. Let's get to fifty three hundred and give away a Brian Burns jersey. Fifty three hundred subscribers. Let's get there, and we're giving away a Brian Burns jersey. Fifty three, right? That's the number. Am I yeah. wrong? Am I right or am I wrong? It's his number. That, that 5,300 subscribers. I'm buying this Brian Burns jersey. We're going to keep him here. We're going to keep you here. Cody, oh, as always, it's been wonderful hanging out with you. I will continue to talk football till midnight if you wanted to, but I feel like we should go. Probably Sadly. so. Listen, man, until next time, C3 Panther Nation, you already know what to do. Just keep pounding.